morning. See, I told you I would hop in here. Dude. I told <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to hop in here. Welcome to Caffeinate Your Career. Today's topic is uh, Dancy Gold. Uh, <laughs> I am your host, the career coach with the most, Jason Hopper. With me today is the spectacular Senior Director of Career and Financial Services here at JFS, Ms. Allison Harding. Hi, everybody. And today, I'm very happy we have a special guest, Ms. Nancy Gold. Nancy, welcome to Caffeinate Your Career. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really do appreciate this. Um, also, too, I see people start popping in. we got five people watching live right now. Guys, tell us where you are, and uh, I'll look at the chat. And uh, if you have any questions for Nancy, too, you know, throw them our way. Just so um, everybody knows, when Jason is looking at his phone, he's not looking at emails. He's looking to see what y'all have to Or say. text, yeah. <laughs> I, was talking to our HR, I was talking to our HR manager, and she watched, and she's like, what? What a jerk. He's like, somebody's talking. He's like checking text messages. I'm like, no, I'm looking at the chat. I really am. So I'm watching the chat, guys. But Nancy, tell us about you. Give us a, your 30-second commercial. Great. Well, thank you. Um, my name is Nancy Gold. I am born and raised in New Jersey, but I've been in uh, Dallas since 1999. I had a long career in the pharmaceutical industry. I did sales, I was the sales training manager, and then I was a national account manager in market access. Uh, took a 11 year break, which we're gonna talk about. Yeah. And now I'm currently doing marketing for a startup biotech company. Okay. Oh, very cool. So you you had, you, you your career was going real smooth, mm -hmm. right? And then what happened? You, you got laid off, is that right? I did. So I, my company was a small pharmaceutical company. And at some point, the parent company wanted to spin it off, um, either on its own or to sell it. And they ended up selling it to a much larger pharmaceutical company. And I actually was retained in the first acquisition. And then two years later, that very large pharmaceutical company was bought by an even larger pharmaceutical oh, wow. company. And in that um, instance, I was not retained and I was let go. And what happened then? I mean, like, how'd you feel? You know, I was sad. I was very, very sad because the original company, the small pharmaceutical company, they were like my family. We had amazing products and we worked together as a team and um, we really got along and, and we were very successful. Um, but I will tell you, when this whole thing was happening and I was let go, I knew that it was not a reflection of my worth as an employee, and it did not reflect how I was with the company. Um, during that interview process, they didn't even contact my customers. It was all politics, and I knew that. So they were just keeping their people? They, exactly. Yeah. So um, I was sad, but I was also a little relieved because the last three years, was torture. It was really bad. Um, the uncertainty about what was going to happen to the company and then the acquisitions. And when we were bought the first time, the employees of that company were not happy that they bought us and they used all their cash to buy us. They did not think it was a good move. So they were, their attitudes were very poor towards us and they really tried to marginalize us. So for basically three years, it was um, a bad working condition. So um, I was relieved, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, the, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, sometimes you know it's time to leave, but you don't want to because you, you're hoping it'll get better yeah. and you remember the good times. Mm -hmm. But then you wake up in the morning, it's like, ah. and that's how it was. Even though I love the product, I love my customers, I love the people I've worked with in that division, my experience was very poor. So toxic environment, you got laid off. And that's interesting that you felt good about it. And, and but you know what, also too, that you had enough of that awareness that you realize it's just a business decision and not anything personal. Yeah. Because it usually goes the other way. Right, exactly. But I, I knew it was not a reflection on me. But I will tell you, I was burnt out. I was really burnt out from that the last three years. And in my mind, I couldn't even imagine interviewing again and trusting another company. Like, I was very turned off by the whole experience. And I, I really couldn't even think about um, working at that time. Yeah. I needed a break. I needed to recharge my batteries. And so you 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 did. You took a you took a pause. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about that. You know, so you know, life throws you this curveball. <laughs> right. You know, I'm laid off. Okay. Well, I got a good severance, so I'm like, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna recharge my batteries a little bit. I had two kids in third grade, and since before they were born, I always traveled. I would I was traveling around the country. I wasn't home when they were little. I had nannies. Um, and when I was gone, my husband or the nannies would take care of them. So I looked at it like an opportunity. You know, when am I ever going to get a chance to be with my kids again like this? So I stayed home and they loved it. They were so excited to have me. And there was a transition. Um, you know, learning to be a full-time parent was hard. But I eventually I loved it and I threw all that energy that I did for work into my kids and uh, and I really enjoyed it. And in the beginning, I was like, oh, I'll stay home for a year or two and then I'm gonna go back to work. Well, that turned into 11 years where I was home. That's interesting. When we moved from California to Dallas, from LA to Dallas, um, I took some time off and did the same thing because I traveled in my job and I'd taken a leave of absence from my job because they had an office here and then they needed me to come back earlier than I could. And so um, I resigned. And then at six months when I said I would come back, they said, go meet the person we hired in your place. Because that's who you're reporting to. And I went to meet him and he was awful. Mm -hmm. And so I never went back and did the same thing. But I became PTA president. And I became, I, I started working and doing things for the symphony and in the community. It's really fun for a while. Yeah, I did the same thing. I threw myself into volunteering, and because I have a sales background, I am fine with asking people for money. So when it was a fundraising task, people would just say, Nancy, you do it, because <laughs> the majority of people in this world don't like to ask people for money. Right. But I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, of course I'm going to ask you for money, <laughs> and, I, and I'm going to get that money as well. So. I did a lot of that fundraising and you know volunteered in the cafeteria and yes. and proms and all this fun stuff. So I felt like I was using my brain and right. and um, functioning well and you know being a parent. But um, but I always knew I wanted to go back to work. Yeah, it's just the time. Yeah. You know, it's right. Yeah, you're right. It's it's hard asking for money. money. Like I don't, I'm pretty sure I I can't do it. 
I could do it. I've, I've, it, it took me a while to, you know, figure out the wording and stuff when we're talking to clients, right? For, for client fees. Um, <laughs> but, you know, now that I get it, yeah. actually what I did was, uh, thanks, Phil. I, <laughs> I asked Phil what he did, how, how he's, what he does, and that's what I did. That's how I set it up. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not the most comfortable thing. Well, it, it's just about money. Nobody likes talking about money. But when you're in sales, you have to ask for business. So for me, so call and ask for money. It was just your regular. It was it's what you do. It's what I do. I, yeah. I ask people for, us, you know, to buy something or to give me money, and it works. <laughs> That's awesome. So Nancy, uh, you're you're hanging out with the kids and volunteering and doing all the things. Um, now it's been eleven years and. You decide you want to go back to work. What was involved in that decision, and like, how did you start that process? So, in 2016, my children, they're twins, uh, Luke and Zoe, they entered high school, and I knew at that time I needed to prepare. But realistically, I wasn't going to be applying for a job and getting it tomorrow or even the next day. I knew this was going to be a long-term project, so I started by thinking well, what do I want to do with my life <laughs> when I grow up? Yeah. Easier said than done. That is not an easy task to do. But I, t I took, you know, like a year to think about it. And I did a lot of research on um, in new industries and companies that excited me. Like when I read the newspaper, I read about something, I go, what is this? And I just tried to open my mind up and say, what is it that I want to do? Or do I want to go back into the pharmaceutical industry? You know, I didn't know. So I definitely took a little time to do that. And then um, when they started their senior year, I said, well, you know what, I'm ready. You know, this is this is gonna be a good time to do it. So I updated my resume. I actually, I took it out of the file, you know, and I, you know, like I had it. I, <laughs> I, had, it years, I, I had it like 10, <laughs> it was like 10 years old. And I'm like, oh, this is fine. You know, I'm like, this is a good resume. You know, it's good. Um, but I, I said, you know what, I knew LinkedIn was important, but I didn't really understand how. So I also went to my LinkedIn profile. When I had started my LinkedIn profile, it was just so new. So mm -hmm. I didn't really focus on connections or networking. I just kind of had it. And when people asked to, to connect with me, I said yes. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I need to do a better job of this. So I made sure my profile looked good. And then I went through and I uh, LinkedIn shows you suggestions. I started connecting with people, trying to up, up my numbers, and they have a job board. So I started looking at jobs, you know, um, every week. And I also had a listing of companies that were interesting to me from my research. So I went on their, their websites, they have a career site, and I started saying, oh, what do they have? And then I said, okay, it's finally time. I'm going to dip my toe into this, and I'm going to start applying for jobs. So I just started you know, selectively applying for a few jobs. Okay. And? And? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's nothing. right. I, 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 can't, I can't believe that. After well, seven years, I don't know why they would want me. <laughs> so, so, the last, the last uh, study I read uh, about for just applying to positions and expecting the callback is like three percent right yeah. so that's not at all 
uh, uncommon, you know? And so like, but did that, so you had, first off, that was, that's amazing. Like you came in, you started your job search, but you like pre-started your job search, doing Mm -hmm. your research on things and like figuring it out before just jumping in and doing and supplying to people. And that was the other thing is, you know, yes, LinkedIn is um, probably the most important networking tool Mm -hmm. today. Today. It was Um, important then, but it's today it's a must. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's a, you know, yeah, I got my job here through LinkedIn, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, I know that it can be done because I'm proof, but you know, it's just a matter of, um, you you have to, you have to be strategic about how you do it. Yes. You know, so, um, so (laughs) nobody's calling you back for applying, Right, right. right? Um, and did you, what, what came next? Yeah, what happened next? Okay, so I, I will tell you, I also found one job where I knew somebody who worked at that company. So after not hearing it from the ones I did, I was like, well, you know what? I, I know somebody at this company. I know they will vouch for me. So I um, connected with her. I had her text number because we used to work together. And I said, hey, you know, long time, you know, see, how are you doing? And then I said, listen, there's a job opening and I'm looking to go back into work. And I think that this would be a good job for me. I'd like to um, see if you would mind contacting HR and just giving me like a little push. So maybe I'll get the screening interview. That's all I'm asking is because, you know, there's a screening interview. That's where HR or recruiter will do a really quick debrief with you, make sure that you are breathing and that you can speak intelligently. And I was like, all I'm asking for is a screening interview. So she did that and I got the screening interview and I actually made it to the first round of the interviews. So um, that was encouraging. I'm like, oh, okay, see, I've got a little bit of success, but that was, you know, if I'm sending out 10 resumes and applying for 10 jobs and I'm getting nothing. It was only that one that was a good success. So um, that was good. But I was extremely nervous on the interview. So I didn't, I don't think I presented myself well. And I was, um, you know, I knew I needed to improve. So what I did then is I said, you know what, I, I recognize that even though I had that one little success, I need to do more, I need to do better. I needed to learn, you know, I need to constantly evolve. Obviously there was something going on. So then at that point, I hired somebody to, to look at my resume. Okay. So I, I found this person um, who had, you know, updated other people's resume. And so she looked at it and she's like, um, let me explain to you how it works now. Um, computers, software are screening the resumes. A, a human doesn't even see it until later on in the process. And everything is about keywords. And so we need to look at your resume and put in all these keywords. And every time you have a new job opportunity, you need to change your resume and make sure your keywords match. Uh, She also did a professional cover letter for me. And she said, and every time you apply, you're going to change that as well. So this is a lot of work. You're going to have multiple versions of your resume. Um, And so um, we did that. And with, oh, and I also want to mention with the, res- with the professional cover letter, she wrote in there 
you know, yes, I'm acknowledging the, the break, which is important, but then saying, I'm ready to get back into work. Yeah. And I'm fully able to do that. Yeah. That's, uh, so what I thought, what I think was really interesting is you, you had a win, mm -hmm. right? You had the win and like, you know, also too, like, I can't believe that you were so nervous in an interview. It only been like 11 years, right? right, right? Like, right. like and, and it's, it's that thing, like, cause interviewing skill, mm -hmm. it's a skill, like any other skill, the more you do it, the better you get at it. But that's, that, yeah. Like, like yeah. I have had some clients that I've gotten to a point where like, how do you feel you're doing in the interview? It's like, I'm doing great in the interview. It's like, okay, well, let's work. What do we need to work on? Right. Because something's not happening. You're not getting the offer. So like, what, what is it? Right. And then it's just a matter of trying to figure out what that is. Let's tune that up a little bit and tweak it and get to, you know, where do you get the offer? I think part of the problem was when you only have one interview, you you feel like this is the most important interview because I've sent out you know so many resumes yeah, and I right. haven't gotten anything back and then I have one interview every all my eggs are in this basket you know it's so important but that's the wrong way to to think about mm -hmm. it and obviously later on I had more success and I started getting regular interviews and that practice is so important um, and another. Another challenge I had was um, because I had like a 10 year break, when I started getting the interviews and they were asking me questions, I was unprepared. Um, I couldn't, when they- For the types of the questions. Yes, because they would ask me some very specific questions of an example of when I did this or when I encountered an issue or this. And then, you know, a lot has happened in 10 years. I couldn't remember. So after the first interview that I had, when I actually went and met with the, the manager, with the hiring manager, I realized I was nervous and I was unprepared. So then I dug in and I started researching basic interview questions. And then I spent months perfecting my answers. I did it on a Word document. I do the question. I think about it. I practice it out loud. I had to, I had to wrap my brain. What is a good example? I had great examples, yeah. but they were not uh, like top of my brain. So in the interview, I, I, didn't, I couldn't think of them. So I spent months on this project preparing for very specific interview questions with very specific stories. And in the end, I had like a good 10 stories that I could move around. And depending on what the question was, I could pop that answer out and I right. practiced it and practiced it. So my interviewing did get better. Yeah. Yeah, I when I took off when we moved here, I took a long period of time and I put my volunteerism as mm -hmm. like a job on my resume, which a recruiter told me to do. And he said, you know, put volunteer work, president, PK, from here to here, uh, vice president, Dallas Symphony Women's League from here, you know, all this stuff and then your accomplishments in that. Yeah. So it, it was like a, it it was volunteer work. But I wasn't eating bonbons and watching so well, that that's that's, that's, what, that's the thing. It, it's you're not getting paid, right. but it's work. It is. I mean, it's hard. You know, you're right. You're not just sitting around. It's doing a lot. You're doing a lot of stuff in it. And uh, I, I, I thought that was. See, I, I'm not new here, so I've heard that story before, and I think that's brilliant. And I just told the client, let's put move move the stuff up to the top. 
right? And get, you know, so get the your details. Thing, when I interviewed, um, when I left, we were using computers, mm -hmm. but not a lot. Not as much as when I came back in. And so one of the interview, one of the questions in the interview was, you know, how good are you on Word and Excel and databases? And I had no idea what they were talking about. And I said, oh, you know, we did it before. I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I went in that first day. I thought I was going to be sick because I was clueless. And I had a great team working with me, thank goodness. And, you know, quickly brought me up to speed. But that went through me for a week. I had the same ex exact experience when I when I finally did get my job. Um, I'm like, yeah, I can do this. This is awesome. And I had used Excel, PowerPoint, everything, but it was cool. 11 years yeah. ago. Um, so I'm like, no, I, I, I can do this. Let me tell you, a lot has changed in those <laughs> programs in 11 years. And learning the technology was the hardest part of um, the onboarding to the job. I can speak to people, I can get along with people, I, I can, the person-to-person -person part is so much easier for me, but it took me a good four to six months to really be able to use my technology. Even today, I'll have, there's times I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to do this, but I Google everything, and right. then I can learn how to do it quickly. Right. But I, I hear you, and I agree with you 100%. So, um, today there's classes like we have yes. on Word Excel, to our point that, that um, we do here every week. For yeah. one week, we take a word one. We take word one week, Excel one week, PowerPoint one week, um, and advanced Excel as well. And, and advanced, and Phil does those. But when I came back to work, they didn't have those types of classes. You just you either do it. Or you you did. Did, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Or yeah. you faked it. Is that what you did? Yes. You faked it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, literally, I was. I mean, I did Word and and. For yeah, I was printing PJ, so you were sending stuff all the time and, yeah. and emails and, and creating charts and doing stuff like that, but not on a corporate level. And when you go back to work and you're doing it on a corporate level, it's completely different. And when you're starting to deal with databases, I've never done that. When I left the industry, it was still everything was paper. Now it was all right. on the system. Right. So right. yeah, it was different. <laughs> I'm laughing because I remember when I started in staffing. The, the main way that we submitted, we had email, mm -hmm. right? But but how we submitted clients to, uh, or candidates to clients was we would print out or copy their resume, right? And then use Whiteout to take their contact information and then fax it and then go back to the office and call and go, did you, did you get the fax? <laughs> did you get the fax? And I was just like, like, we have a fax machine here? Like, what? Who uses fax? Um, so you're right, though. When, let me ask, Nancy. So when you started to, uh, we, we call that tailoring your resume to the specific things, did you find that you were getting um, a, a little bit more traction? Absolutely. Absolutely. The keywords, very important. And then I started to get more interviews. Yeah. And that was fabulous because then I could practice interviewing. I, I had already done a lot of the work, so I was trying out the stories, uh, um, you know, that I mm -hmm. spent the months trying to recover from my brain. Um, so then it was starting to move, and I was feeling good about it. By the way, guys, what she's talking about are your star stories, 
That's an acronym that stands for Situation, Task, Action, and Result. I am impressed you had 10 star stories. Because I usually recommend clients get at like five, mm -hmm. focusing on like teamwork, customer service, uh, time management, um, and the other two that I always forget. <laughs> um, but, but you had 10. Well, you know, you have to have the, um, like one of the things I've gotten a lot is tell me about when you had a conflict with somebody else, how did you handle it? Yeah. Um, you know, things like that, you know, difficult clients, how do you handle that? These are, you know, some of the other things that you can do. So I'm glad you brought up star stories. I'm glad you're talking about stories because the one thing people oftentimes do is give the situation action and then they, they're done. They miss the result. You know, this is what I did. Yay. If you don't get to the result, what happened in the end, you're not telling a story. You're just giving two chapters. You have to get that final chapter in. As a result, you know, I had this conflict. This I listened. I talked to the people. I did this, this, and this. And the result was the customers pleased. In fact, they even wrote a letter to my boss telling them that I was very good at understanding their needs. So now you've given a result, and the result is actually when they ask those questions, that's what they're looking for. But they want to know how you got there. So the fact that you attend really is an accomplishment. And another story that I think is important is a time when you failed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and how did you handle it? How did, how did you handle the failure? Um, over the summer, we were interviewing for interns for our department, and that was the first question I asked, you know, after they told me their story. Um, and I was like, well, tell me about time you failed. And I can't tell you how many of these interns, that you, you know, potential interns, were like, I've never failed in my life. I'm like, I don't believe you. Okay. And, um, <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> exactly, because you have to, you have to acknowledge the good and the bad. And life gets really messy. And there's always gonna, you're always gonna have a failure. And you know what? I, I appreciated when I was interviewing more when they were like, yeah, let me tell you when I really messed up because it's gonna happen. And I want somebody on my team who's gonna acknowledge it and say, help me, you know, mm -hmm. help me, instead of trying to cover it up or saying I'm perfect because no one's perfect. And so anyway, that was just another example of the story that I think is important. I, I think that's that's a great point because most of the time you want those stories to end positively, but they don't have to, mm -hmm. right? It's mm -hmm. just this is what we learn. And I, I've said before, like, like I once read that on your best day, you're going to make three mistakes. Mm -hmm. right? That's interesting. On your best day, I'm having my best day right now, by the way. And what mistake have you made so far? I haven't yet. Good. So <laughs> there's yeah, there's three coming. I'm so, I I screw stuff up all the time. Like but but I've also started to learn to um you know like it I have to put it down. I, I it's I take a note in my phone yes. or write it down yeah. or um put it on the calendar yep. like I, I think like the first time I <laughs> we were talking you know, I was talking I pulled out my phone you're probably like what the hell is he doing <laughs> now you understand what I'm doing because I'm because you, you, we, because you take notes yeah because it's been a minute right so you know what I'm doing when I pull out my phone and I just start and in fact usually it's like what was that middle thing you just said so exactly so I can get the wording right and then I take that note go transcribe it onto like a word doc mm -hmm. right and then you know usually delete it but I I, I've learned that 
for me, I have I have to have that extra bit. Yeah. Otherwise, I just I nothing happens. Yeah. At, at work now, I have um, notebooks, and I write everything down, and I do use the notes section of my phone. Um, but I then highlight things in the notebook, and I go I go back to it. I read my notebook repeatedly. Um, this morning, I was doing work before I came here, and I was like. What did we talk about? What was the end result? And I went back and I, and I write the dates and I'm like, it was, and then I can figure out the exact, an approximate time and I go through my notebook. It is imperative. As you age, you're not gonna retain as much. So it is imperative to prevent mistakes, um, to write everything down. So um, my, it, when I'm asked the question, what is your biggest fault? I'm very disorganized, mm. but I carry a notebook all the time now, and I do exactly the same thing. It's you do double though. You write it down in your calendar notebook, and then turn around and put it on your calendar. So like you know, you're on top of all of your. I have to be because otherwise it goes into the wind, and and if my boss comes to me and says, "Do you have a report done? It's due today," and it's like, oh, uh, and I used to just scramble, scramble, and always be late. And now it's in the calendar, it's in my notebook, it's highlighted, I know what I need to do, and um, it's really, and that's because our CEO, when she was my manager, before we did all these switching around, um, she said, you gotta be more timely, you, you've just got to. And that was like two years ago, and since then I thought, you know, you're the CEO, I think I should listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Kathy Barker. Hey, Kathy. Um, yeah, I remember when I, when I came into him because we sat down and you're like, oh, what? Excuse me, you're going to clean up your desk real quick, right? Oh gosh, you're like, right? Yeah. So I'm so unorganized. I'm like, oh, okay, so you know, take take your time. I'm not good at that. So Nancy, you're getting interviews. <laughs> Things are happening. You haven't gotten the um, offer yet. How did you deal with the rejection? Because it's hard staying positive when you know. You think everything's running well in the interview process, and it's, you know, it's not. Well, I have a sales background, as I, as I mentioned before, so I'm used to dealing with rejection. Um, I don't take it personally. I really try not to. There will, I will tell you, there was some losses of jobs, you know, when I interviewed and got to the end where I was devastated, but I picked myself up. I'm also, I'm a, you know, I'm a Gen Xer. My, my generation, we raised ourselves I'm very strong. <laughs> Were you a latchkey kid? Yes. I was yes, too. Yes. So, yeah. you know, I, you know, I t I'm very strong mentally and I have a very good um, sense of self. Like, I really believe in myself. So, even when things were tough and I was like, oh, I messed this up and I didn't do a good interview, I, I just really tried to focus on learning and evolving um, and saying, it's not going to be this one, it's going to be the next one. But what can I learn from this? What can I do better? I really try not to make the same mistake twice. So um, I took the rejection with my sales mentality, but I'm, I'm also, it's like, you know, they say, what is it they say? Um, like a duck, like water off the duck's back. I'm like, yeah. I just shake it off. Yeah. That's, that's but awesome. But you, and it still hurts. It does hurt, but I, not I, forever. But not forever. You just, you take it and you move on. When you're in sales, you just, you have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. So I just did the same mentality. That's that's awesome that that you were able to do that because I I 
we'll talk to clients sometimes and they say, yeah, I had an interview. I said, oh, what happened? Yeah, what happened? They didn't like me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I know. It has nothing to do with you. I mean, it does and it doesn't. It's do you fit for this position is what it is. It's not anything specific that people take it personally. Yeah. They just don't like me. I was qualified and they just don't like you me. You can't. Um, there's a lot going on when you're interviewing and it's your resume, it's your experience, it's, you know, do they think that you're going to work well with the team? You know, there's there's so much and they've got their own biases and they've got their own opinions and, and trust me, because I've been there, you want this job so bad, but you know what? It has to be a good opportunity for you as well. Right. And it has to be a place where you're going to succeed in and they're going to support you. I agree 100%. Too many people just want the job mm -hmm. and they might accept something where the fit and they know it's not a good fit because you really don't want to be doing this again in two or three years. Right. You just yeah. really don't. So that fit on both sides, you're interviewing them as well as they are interviewing exactly. you. And so you have to be able to ask questions to know if this is the right place for you. Mm -hmm. So they can give the job description, your skills are right, but when you ask certain questions and the answers don't fit, mm -hmm. you know you're, you're not supposed to be there. And Nancy, let me ask, because how did you, how'd you end up here today? With Jayla's Family Service, like how did you come into contact with, with us? Well, actually, I was a volunteer through Jewish Family Services, and um, you guys were doing a study to see if financial literacy classes could help the working poor get out of the rut that they're in. And, yeah. and you were, so you were doing a study where they were um, getting a, a financial literacy classes and a financial coach, and I was the volunteer coach. And at the time, I was not working. Um, but I got to know Kristen and, um, you know, um, know the people here. Um, and when Kristen and I were talking about some stuff with the volunteering, she asked me a question about, she knew that I was saying I have a new job and blah, blah, blah. And she asked me my story. So that's how I got here was the good news is I actually got a job. After four years of trying to get a job, I actually was able to get a job. So, um, that's how I ended up here, is to tell my story, to hope that people can learn from it and be inspired by it. So it took you uh, four years to get the job that, yes. you, that you want. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's awesome. And so, well, it's a, it's a long job search, but like, you know, how's, how's everything going? It's amazing. It's amazing? It's amazing. I, I want to I tell another story yeah. first, and then I'm going to tell you why this job is the perfect job for me. Okay. So, um, Last summer, I was interviewing for what I thought was the perfect job. Um, great level in the industry that I was in previously with an amazing company. And I spent three months interviewing for this job. And I wanted this job more than anything. And I felt like it was the culmination of my whole journey. Like this was it. I was going to get this job. I mean, I spent hours. I probably spent like 12 hours interviewing over the, that three oh, months. Wow. And I got to the final interview, and I'm like, I nailed it. This is amazing. And guess what? I didn't get the job. <laughs> Were you just like I was devastated. Crushed, yeah. I was crushed. Like, that one hurt. Hurt. And my, my friends were all like, 
Nancy, this is not the job for you. I'm like, it was the job. <laughs> Nancy, this, you are going to find your job. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I didn't believe them. I was sad. Like this was, this, this was the one that I took personally and it took me two weeks to get over it. So for two weeks, I moped. I'm like, oh, this was my job. This was my job. And then I, then after two weeks, I'm like, okay, done. Pity party is done. You've got to move on, blah, blah, blah. So um, then I, um, I got a professional headshot done because, I, you know, I wanted to complete my LinkedIn profile and I hadn't done that. I had a, a not a, just a regular picture and it wasn't professional. So I made the money to do that. So then I posted it on my Facebook in addition to LinkedIn. And I said, I announced to my friends, Hey, I'm back in the job market. I, I want, I want to get a job. And my old boss, um, immediately said, call me. So I called him because you have to be urgent when somebody says, call sure, me, you yes. have to call. Um, and he, he was with a new startup biotech company. And he said, we have a position that has been impossible to fill. And the people who have, we have filled it with have not lasted. You have the skill set for this position. And I'm like, okay. So he sent me the position. I looked at it. He said, um, fix your resume because obviously you need to adapt it. Uh, and send it to me. So I did it immediately. I sent it to him that night. He's like, looks good. He sent it to the VP and human resources. And then I applied online because there's a procedure mm -hmm. that you have to do. Listen to that, everybody. There's always a procedure. Yeah. Follow it. Yes. You have to follow it. So he put my stuff in separately. I put my stuff in as well. And he's like, he told me, I asked questions. We talked about it. I then called another person who I used to work with who also was working with them. I started researching the company online, talking to people I knew, and I was like, I got this. And I was like laser focused. Um, make very long story short, it took me three months of interviewing. Um, I also took into account that my interviewing style, I told you I was having some issues with the interviewing. I felt very heavy during the interviews and I was not myself. I really focused this time on being as light as possible, being personable being the person that these people who were going to work with me, that they wanted to work with me. Like my personality was so good that they'd say, yes, I could enjoy being with this person every day because trust me, you are working together every day and you have to be able to get along. So I changed my interviewing style. I focused on smiling. I laughed. I was, I was just kept thinking light and airy, light and airy, light and airy. Did the whole thing. Three months later, I got the job. And I'm going to tell you, this is the perfect job for me because my boss and my team are the most supportive people you could ever imagine. And they were invested in my success. And I have to say, the six month, the first six months were difficult. Hard transition, we talked about technology, learning the lingo, the acronyms, learning all of that stuff, not easy. But I worked very hard every single day. I worked at night. I made sure that I was doing what I needed to do and I would check in with my boss and my team. How can I improve? How can I do better? And it's nine months and I'm a, I'm a productive member of the team. I get a ton of positive feedback and this was the perfect job for me. And I'm so happy that this is the one I got. And um, it was a success story. I worked very hard for four years to figure it out and to make changes and do it, but I am exactly where I need to be. And everybody out there, you can do the same thing, honestly. Yep. I mean, 
I think you just made a, in this time frame, you made a lot of really good points. It's not easy. You have to keep going. You are going to have disappointments. You just have to adjust. like water on the back of a duck, just let it go. And that's not easy either. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, why? What, you know, you're, you're always questioning. But there is something out there. There that's truly true. is. It's just you have to keep that positive aspect and keep moving forward. Yeah. And sometimes you're going to be pushed back. We all have. It, it happens to all of us, no matter what it is. But then again, you have to one step in front of the next. Well, Nancy, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, uh, Kevin, at your career today, because, because of your story. Because, like, I have, and you too, we have clients that have been out of the workforce for a specific period of time, and they come back, and they're just like, no, what's going to hire me? And I'm like, not with that attitude, they're not. You know, it's like, like, like you know, like, like it's, it's uh, you, and what's amazing is you put everything together. I mean, you did get help with your resume, but uh, like a lot of it, you figured out like, oh, I can get an interview if I ask for a referral and you know like 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 and that's that's amazing that you found your job you know and if you do need help with your resume you can come to Jewish Family Service yes the number is 972-437-9950 extension 377 guys it changed it's not 340 anymore it's 377 actually it's both right well, all right, Alice. For a little while. It is, but I think I think the other one yeah. is going to be faster. So uh, leave a message. They will call you back and get you started, and we will get you signed a, uh, to Allison. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assigning <laughs> all the you – know, it's not even – Nancy said that, those key words, and it's the way you place them. It's not just vomiting them on your resume. They have to be placed strategically yes. so that people understand who are – the machine understands and the people who look at it at the beginning, the middle, and the end so that a keyword isn't thrown in there and then they, you don't see it again. I mean, it's got to be really well-versed to be able to allow, once it's gone through the, the, the scanning machine, if it does, um, you know, it, it, they've got to be able to see that you really know the job and can do it. Uh, yes, if you cannot just read a job opening and be like, yes, this is for me. You have to study it. You need to pick it apart and make sure that your resume reflects what they're looking for, including the keywords yeah. as well. I agree 100%. Do we have time for me to mention one more resource? We do. So um, my, um, I went undergrad University of Michigan, and I, also, I went online to look at their resources because every university has career counseling as well, and they have a, a board with a job board. Um, and they send out weekly messages with education. And I learned about a company called iRelaunch, which I think if, you're, if you've taken a break, you should look at this resource as well. Times are changing. Companies are recognizing that people who have taken a break for whatever reason still have great skills and are resources. Mm -hmm. And this um, company, iRelaunch, works with major corporations and they provide opportunities for, for people to get hired. They have basically like these paid internship opportunities where you'll work for four to six months with the company. They'll pay you, you'll learn about the company, they'll improve your skills all around, and then they'll actually hire you. Um, and so I learned a lot about that, and they have a job board as well That's on how launch. So if you've taken any break longer than two years, 
go check out Ivy Launch. I like that. I, I didn't know that. See, I learned something new today. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Um, so just real quick, um, I did want to acknowledge the people that are in the chat. Yolanda, I see you. Lynn is also going through uh, working on interview skills. Um, so we didn't have any questions, but... Um, interview skills is really important. People don't, oftentimes people don't understand the value of working with coaches, in all honesty, or working with someone in understanding how to say what you want to say. Mm -hmm. You have it in here, you have it here, but getting it out so that it makes an impression because today, all I I believe, and you, you've been through this more recently than I, most employers are trying to see what you can do for them. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to verbalize that. You can't say, I did this and I did that and I did this. You have to be able to say, I've done this and the value to you is right. whatever right. it is. Right, you have to show how you are a solution mm -hmm. to the employer. Um, otherwise, what was the toughest part of the, your last interview with the company you worked today? You know, it was it was hard. I mean, every I'm not gonna lie, every interview was hard because I'm trying to sell myself, and you have no idea what these people are thinking. They're professionals. They they interview people for a living. Um, so you have no idea what they're really looking for. So you may say stuff and you're, you can't depend on getting positive feedback from them. You just have to have a good story and, and know what you want to get across and hope that it mixes with what they're looking for, honestly. Um, I think that's the most difficult portion because most people who interview for a living, they're like straight faced, you know, mm -hmm. they don't respond. Right. Yeah, yeah. We it get that's it. The recruiters don't know the the guts of the position. They just know people, right? And kind of well, yeah. I think you would be good, and here's why. And then they pass it on to the the hiring manager. That's always yeah. I think that's always the most difficult part is getting past the uh, the gatekeeper. Oh, definitely. But that's why be light and airy, smile, <laughs> laugh, <laughs> laugh, make jokes. Yeah, I mean, it's it goes back to being yourself, and a better version. <laughs> a better version. <laughs> so yourself, but even better. <laughs> we had an older adult who was looking for a job, and she was a volunteer here, and she got an interview at the company in Carrollton. Who you had to go through security just to get into the building, and then there was a gatekeeper. You know, there was a receptionist. She brought small baskets of muffins that she had made. And to the person in the front, the security guard, she gave him a basket of muffins and thanked him for letting her in. She went in, she did the same thing for the receptionist and she did the same thing for the person she was interviewing. She didn't get a call back right away. But when she did, they said, we remember everything you did and how kind you were to everybody because you don't fit all the skills, but we think you have the desire to, to learn them. And she was called back for a second interview. But so there are little things you could, funny little things, cute little things you can do that, um, and her position was not a, a, a manager above mm -hmm. position, but it was still something that she felt in her heart 
that she she would always do things like that. And they wanted somebody that had heart. So you never, and I bring that sharp because you mm -hmm. never know what they're looking for. Yeah. You know, they needed somebody with some skills too, but they wanted somebody who spoke from a heart. I thought that was, I like that. Very neat. So that's a, I, that's a pretty cool, cool, cool story and an interesting way to be remembered because that's, did us all just want to be remembered. So, um, guys, we are about out of time. Um, uh, I'm sorry, real quick, we had a question. Lynn asked, do you have any tips on Zoom interviewing? Did you do many Zoom calls? Yes, I started interviewing during the pandemic, and at that point, all my interviews were Zoom. First of all, you need to make sure you have good lighting. And I'm not joking. Good lighting for Zoom is important, and you need to practice your Zoom. Um, and I, you have to have a very quiet place in the house. So, uh, and make sure that your background looks nice. I don't recommend the you can you can put like a fake background up, but it really does alter what's going on, and it's a little I it's agree. a little distracting. So try to find a place where it's quiet. Um, make sure that your lighting is good, and also make sure your camera angle is good. Mm -hmm. um, and again, they, the good news about Zoom is you can have your notes laid out in front of you. So yeah. I used to have, um, out of camera, my index cards all put up. Sometimes I tape them and it was great because I would just do in big, big, you know, font, big size, big, like key phrases. So to jog my memory. So as I was speaking on the camera, I could, with my eye, look around and see the things that I needed to tell them. You have to have this story that you want to get across, and there's these key things, and I would have them all around. That's so really smart. I had, a, I had a client, and uh, she, um, and I recommend, I said, hey, why don't you have your index cards and things? And she, she, she's like, that's a great idea. And she got into the interview, and it turns out, like, well, she's dyslexic. Mm. And so it, it, she was trying to look at the cards to jog her memory, and it just totally derailed her. And I said, okay, that didn't work. <laughs> How about what if you put a picture that would remind, and then she just nailed it after that. So there's different ways that you can do it. Um, Lynn, hopefully that answered your question. Uh, we're about out of time. Uh, Nancy, our last question is always kind of a fun question. Um, What's your favorite leisure activity? Well, my favorite leisure activity has actually changed over the last few weeks because I just got a puppy. And oh, so that's right. All I do, <laughs> you're, I'm 100% on this puppy. As you can see, like I, I'm pretty intense and I focus on whatever it is going on. But so I am currently in the middle of potty training and bike training and crate training. So. Um, I used to like to go out to dinner or go to concerts and things like that, but for the next six months, I will be <laughs> all puppy all the what time. What kind of puppy did you get? She, he, sorry, is an Australian Labradoodle, and this is my third that I've had. Oh so, my gosh, yes. But it will be the last puppy because puppies are hard <laughs> to work. She said, oh, she mentioned that you had a puppy, and I sent her a picture of a uh, noodle. And I was like, I, I need to see, I need you to send me a picture of your, of your puppy back. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. The dog is, my oh, puppy So no social life for me for a while. My puppies drive me crazy. Um, 
Allison, what's your favorite one? Leisure activity. Um, right now it's swimming. Yeah. Um, um, a lot of that. Yeah. I'm on this um, this goal to lose 35 pounds. My son's getting married in October, <clears throat> and I've lost 20. Great. So I have um, a lot more to go, but you know, that's so. It's swimming right now. Great. That's great exercise. It is. Really burns a lot of calories. It also you know, um, can build muscle all over your whole body, which is very important. Is building muscle all over the whole body. So I agree. I agree. What about your? I know what yours is. But what is yours? Napping. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would probably say walking. I do a lot of walking. Miles and miles yeah. every day. Yeah. Well. Almost. Uh, my average for this month has been six. Wow. Miles. Um, Nancy, thank you so much for being here today. I thought that uh, your story is definitely one of the things that's inspiring to uh, job seekers. And, uh, you know, it, you put in the work and you got, like, the best job, right? So I so appreciate you being here today. Thank I you do, so too. Much. You just verbalized everything great. And I think the fact that people have to understand it doesn't happen overnight is really important and you are a perfect example so thank you thank you thank you everybody and good luck to everybody out there i hope you find your perfect job too do it so next week we will be talking about well actually we're going to talk about uh ways to be more productive because we didn't get to that last week so okay. that's what we're talking about next week uh we will see you then uh on next week's cabinet your career bye thanks everybody bye